Welcome to Crisis Alert, <laughs> the final wrap-up of all of the Dice Crisis. Crisis Alerts for our adventure path. Hey. I'm your host for this Crisis Alert, Michael, sitting here with Kyle, hey, whoa, what up, Allard, What's up? and young Eli. Ayo. I'm going to start the uh, Crisis Alert off by kicking it right over to your good old GM Allard <laughs> to give us a, a general recap and... Um, a brief general recap, followed by a book six recap. Heck book yeah. Six. Y'all have come a long way in a <laughs> short few months from level one to level 15 or 16 if you if you uh, sold your soul <laughs> to a demon lord. Uh, and a lot fucking happened. Humble beginnings in a pirate town turned trade hub known as Riddleport, you all set out, set your sights for a job at a local casino. And after working there for a while, things were looking up, but a couple weird events started happening. Kind of, you got attacked by a group of were rats who your boss sent to kill you, and you're like, well, maybe something weird's going on. Turns out Saul was being manipulated by a drow, a formerly legend race of elves who had escaped Earthfall by going underground and were tainted by the dark lands and being like close, too close to like the vaults of Rovagug and stuff like that. And they also ex- they, and they also accepted aid from demon lords to kind of get their get their power going. You Just know, a little taste of the darkness. Yes, possibly the Aboliths. Possibly the Aboliths were the ones who started Earthfall. Yes, very scary. Maybe they should. Maybe the the drow should be against the Aboliths, like. Yeah, uh-uh. they had a big instrumental role, both of them. They Food could've. for thought. And it turns out that this finding this drow links you to this kind of conspiracy within the elven community, and you were tasked by a Shinrakarath elf from the Mwangi Expanse who had come uh, traveling the world uh, in search of a way to kind of uh, bring light. His, uh, his people had a, a saying about... I can't remember exactly the uh, about light that directly matches matched the rhetoric of the Shinrakarath to be a light against the coming darkness, uh, and he. Will you tell me his name? Quava. Thank Did I say you. That? No. Quava. <laughs> Quava. Pay respect to the king. Uh, asks you to investigate a the site of a meteor that crashed on the Devil's Elbow. So you guys ferried out to the Devil's Elbow find that the meteorite not only brought down a valuable ore known as Nokwal, but it also brought down a bunch of alien lions. And the alien <laughs> lions, not like one, they're very durable. Two, they can't survive in salt water, so it was good that they uh, landed on an island. And <laughs> three, spawn demon. They're not demons. Spawn zombies. Uh, void zombies or something like that. Spawn zombies. It's, they make zombies, so that thing was a very contained uh, potential apocalypse of Galarian. Thankfully, it uh, didn't take off. But searching around the island, you found that you weren't the first people to get there. Uh, Zincher's men had gotten there, and you've had tangles with him before. You're kind of on his good side up until uh, the end of book one. Uh, there were some dwarves from the Gas Forges who had made it there. The Cypher Mages had made it there. Your friend Sam Beldusk was trapped in a tower, and you rescued her from, uh, from all these uh, kata alien lions uh had the fun tower rolling fight uh the there was a a crazy uh reveal that brando some dude that 
was derpy was uh, a double double spy for Corvosa, who was there to like punish Zincher for crimes that he did. And uh, all the while, Zincher was being magically controlled by another drow. For there were a group of drow still on the island who had been testing focus glyphs, a magic to pull meteors from the sky. And you had to all descend underground to fight them off. And in that fight, Lixie died. And in that fight, Lixie died. <laughs> and Bonnie and Clyde. Rest yeah, in peace. Rest in peace. Rip the only deaths of the to campaign. Them. Cheers. Besides Quava. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Quava. Poor Quava. Quava's was a little bit more just kind of whoop. She slipped away and oops. And then he exploded. Oops. <laughs> oops. Yeah. Dead Quava. Thinking about it, Quava, maybe he deserved a, a backstory or something. He deserved or, a he little deserved, bit. He deserved like a, a flashback scene or something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's in our in memoriam slides. Oh, uh, for sure. We'll, we'll show those at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, after kind of figuring out that there was some foul play going on in the drow communities, they're harnessing magics to try to pull things from the sky, much like Earthfall. Uh, you follow Quava after Dane leaves the party after his death of his girlfriend. And you follow Quava to the settlement of Cryingleaf in the Mirani Forest a few days ride away. You were immediately attacked by flying drakes, but your elven sir, uh, sir, uh, saviors popped out of the woods. And we meet a new party member. River! River! Rindalara Saltil? Yes, ma'am, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and you find that the elves have been keeping the uh, keeping Drow a secret on Galarian as best they can because they feel uh, ashamed that their uh, their race has been corrupted in a way and were were harming. Uh, well, they I guess they didn't know if they were going to harm the uh, the uh, surface world, but uh, so they were they keeping found them down. my secrets. Yes, yeah, so they found the secret <laughs> shame. Uh, and they found that the ruined city of Selwynvian that was destroyed in Earthfall was being controlled and held by the drow. Uh, you find that all these drow are kind of forming up under one house. You don't know exactly what that means in drow society at this point, but you would learn eventually. House Azrene was the banner on everyone's, all your drow enemies <laughs> up until uh, this point and throughout most of the campaign. So, you agree to help the Crying Leaf Elves reclaim the lost city of Selwynvian, going in there, uh, taking out key points of drow and reinforcements. Uh, your buddy Briggs showed up, and you and he became the spirit of creativity and a little side quest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you met and helped save Kirishil, uh Shalalu from the first uh, adventure path shows up <laughs> uh, Rise of the Lords right she's right. in that one yeah right and she is ready to kick some drow ass and reclaim her homelands eventually you find after after taking out all these key points that the drow were basing at this place called the uh, Academy of Arts and so you lead a kind of organized charge on that site after getting through it, losing track of Krishiel and Shalalu, you find an Abolith. And in that, uh, <laughs> and also with the Abolith, there was a crazy barbarian dude who was going to cut your heads off. She was just a pretty elf. Mm -hmm. The Abolith <laughs> took Quava, 
and you guys almost got Crow almost got decapitated by uh, by the bro, by the by the bro, the bro, the pain, the pain taster. You know what? But sir, yeah, he did. Uh, but you spent hero points, and your god saved you. Always, always. After clearing that out, you realize that there's this Elven Gate in here, and I think you had kind of been getting pieces of information about Elven Gates and River was directly associated to the gates. They used to guard them in their early days of, of guard training and blah, blah, blah. So you find this elf, this is Elf Gate, and it looks corrupted. And you find that the uh, Azrene Drow, uh, what was his name? Novelness? Novelness, yes. Novelness mm-hmm. had found a way to learn more about the Elven, or not the Elven, the Abolith, uh, Earthfall magics by using the elf gates in conjunction with the a piece of the cipher gate back in Riddleport to view a past version of Selwynvian uh, in the shadow plane. And he was able to find all sorts of research about all this, this magic and you guys enter the shadow plane in this past and you kind of find a little bit of information about the past, a little library, and then you, from that, you realized where they're holding up in uh, in the shadow plane. You go to take them uh, down out there. Uh, I think it was like a observatory of sorts, a sky observatory. Mm-hmm. You go there, almost get killed by a couple assassin things, but you save you no problem. You find that there was a dragon that had came from the material plane and was chilling in the shadow realm with them. Razorhorn, I think his name was. Uh, <laughs> so much stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this uh, observatory, and the other key things, you fought your way through the observatory until you reached novelness, uh, dispatching this mage with, it wasn't too hard. He was invisible for most of it, but there wasn't a whole lot of life threatenings besides uh, like the, the chance of a failing save or something as he, as he used a lot of magic and fireballs to attack you. Um, but after dispatching, Batching him, you found out that the elves of the past knew about Earth, the coming of Earthfall and started to evacuate people. And some of the elves didn't want to evacuate, and that's what led to like the drow. They went underground to survive the fate instead of their home planet of Castravel. If I remember my Starfinder lore right. <laughs> Indeed, and they came back when Tree Razor uh, was threatening the their homeland forest, the Fiorani forest. I believe you also found some indication of how to track what was going on and maybe some information on just some more of the magics of the focus glyphs and stuff like that. After returning back, you realized time had passed differently there, and Elias Tamerhawk, who had been watching you guys through, uh, through scrying on your friend Sam, uh, was waiting for you because he wanted this mm. glyph, not this glyph, this, this uh, portal. So he clowned on you guys for a while and took it. Yeah, he was mean. <laughs> yeah, pretty amazing. And then uh, you owned up to it and explained everything to uh, the elves. I can't remember the queen's name of that region. Uh, Eviana. She then, in you guys are probably going to go down there either way, but she's like, well, since you lied to us about nobody else <laughs> knowing about this and you blah, 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 uh, would you go to the underground and spies in drow society you guys agreed <laughs> donning the skin of elves you descended thousands of, of drow. feet drow my yes. <laughs> uh, you descended deep below galarian's surface Jeez. and made your way 
to the Zer- to the drow city of Zernicanan, the last home of the elves, as their banners read on the front gates. Um, along the way, you met uh, Gaddick, a suspicious drow who was keen to know more about you. He wanted you guys to maybe sign up for the illustrious House Vonarch because he's like, these guys could be weird, or and maybe if uh, if I get them there, I can curry favor with my matron. But you guys didn't know that at the time. You, just, you were like, nope, let's go check out the city ourselves. It was a little rough and tumble. You were kind of eyed by one of the houses. I can't remember the houses. Uh, just a bunch of people acting yeah. normal. Don't mind us. You gave a gift to two members of a house who then par- pegged you as marks. And then as you were walking through the streets, they hit you with a gang. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, trying to steal your stuff. They almost succeeded. They got some of the stuff and uh, River trying to save or trying to track down an escaping Darrow. Oh, prideful uh, River. Ran right into a group of Darrow and were were captured and brought to their lair. House Vexadir? Yes, Vexadir. Nice, 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 nice. Nice. Look at this guy. Good call. Recall, baby. So the following episode, you all went to save River, uh, (laughs) running through the underground underground. Uh, You found River about to have a tail attached to them through a process (laughs) known as flesh warping. And you get to see flesh warping firsthand uh, a couple times after this. You managed to get your stuff back. And then you decided that uh, after seeing this this, uh, infamous bard, Donnie Whitehand play at a bar. You ran back into Gaddock and you accepted the invitation to check out House Vonarch with him. And then you became Servitor. Speed it up. A little faster. Okay. We we're, were pushing 15 minutes. Word. So uh, far. So yeah, you ingrained yourself in the House Vonarch, doing tasks for them, gaining information, uh, and uh, winning the heart of one Escarvala. My wife. And eventually you... There was an event, the cyclic slime, that kind of exposed uh, a few different sides of what was going on down here. Donnie Whitehand exploded Quava, and you all were then contacted by the matron of House Vonarch, given a task. Once you completed it, she's like, so, uh, yeah, the Azrenae forces are down here. She pointed them out to you because you had pretty much known what they were doing, not quite how they were doing it, and you needed to know where they were doing it. And she pointed them out. They were located in a land, the land of black blood. And you're like, okay, sick. Let's escape. She sent guys to kill you, and you took you took Escarvala to the surface. At the surface. At the surface, you were abruptly met by a elven lord who was a pawn of the Winter Council the whole time. Uh, he rounded you guys up, brought you to Crying Leaf, not Crying Leaf, Kionin. Rude. Where you met the queen. The queen took an eyeing to you guys because she figured she could use these underground agents to uh, overthrow or what have you to the Winter Council, a shadow government that had been c- controlling Kionin and uh, Ayadara the entire time since since before Earthfall. We're taking <sighs> down the Cabal. Yes, after escaping your confinements with a succubi, you traveled gate to gate to try to reach the 
uh, Thorn's End, it was called, deep in the Tanglebriar, a lost point in the elven military, uh, elven society where Tree Razor now holds domain. And these guys had been holed up here for a long time, slowly kind of losing their minds. One uh, of them in particular was losing his mind a little bit more because he found Alevra, uh, this, so you have Alevra Azrene's old uh, notes on this pulling down magic. For you found that Alevra Azrene was not always a drow. She was once an elf who was in charge in this winter council when they wanted a, when she was getting desperate for a way to stop Tree Razor, she found this Ableth magic. And uh, to find the uh, Ableth magic, she had to contact the demon lord Abraxas, the demon lord of forbidden knowledge, who then kind of tainted her soul. And when the elven council refused her proposal, uh, she went mad, killing one of them who turned out to be Elion's dad and uh, turned into a drow in front of their very eyes, which made everybody go more insane. So it turns out that uh, one of the uh, Winter Council, Halen, who had been contacted and was like basically starting to worship Abraxas, had been kind of in control of the movements of the Shinrakarath, hampering the drow and keeping everything a secret as best he could. And uh, he wanted to do the same thing as Elevra, but you guys stopped him, though he also turned into a drow in front of your very eyes, confirming that drow uh, can be, or elves can turn into drow, which is a controversial take in uh, because of how it's set up in the kind of community of, of fantasy here, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's what was written, so it's what we played. We play what's written. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it is. And then after returning from the Winter Council, we get to book six. <laughs> Woo, book six. God damn. Book, book six. six, baby. That was good. It's been a long that road. Mm-hmm. After finding the information on how the the elven, or how the Ableth magic was working, uh, you were sent by the queen of the elves to basically take out all the focus glyphs and uh, kill Levra. Mm-hmm. They couldn't. They could try to do it themselves, but they'd have to mobilize an army, and that would be noticeable. It would take too long. By the time things would get there, the Earthfall would probably already happen. So, like, let's send some quick guys down there to see who've been really powerful to see what's going on. You guys fight an Abyssal Harvester. You fight these <laughs> uh, uh, Ropers. They're called Stalactites with uh, with tentacles and mouths. You fight a Bunch Moldering Emperor. We you also guys... found a genie. Oh yeah, you ran into the genie who genie was, was uh, your uh, your guide in this underground area. Kind oh, of. Oh, Haitian. Yeah. Uh, you found, when you found her, the, the drow had actually put her in a, in a crystal and they were trying to fool whoever would come. She was like, they're going to come here eventually. Let's station somebody to try and trick them. You guys saw through the ruse and took them down, saved the genie, and went on your task after getting some information from them. Uh, uh, Abyss Harvester, Ropers, Molding, Moldering Emperor, the Charta Village, and am I missing one? Uh, let me see here. Did you get the one that was like electricity? Oh, the Blood Forge. Yeah. Uh, with, with, with Drexness, you guys took out a whole fort. And they were make they're a yes. fort that was making like alchemical co- concoctions right. from right. the yeah. black blood. And this this land of black blood was known for this because of the the lake and water system down here is this almost different liquid than water or anything entirely. And there's a whole bunch of lore behind what that could possibly be. And the Charta, the Charta were kind of felt like they were almost directly connected to the land of the black blood through their deity and stuff like that. 
Now, after taking on all the focus glyphs and saving some Charta, you led a an army of Charta, mm -hmm. and uh, you took 15 drow, or not drow, elves from the surface <laughs> yes. to uh, yes, take did. out <clears throat> the throne of Abraxas. Can we Oops. just talk, can we just quickly say what each of our wishes were? Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, if you had more time to well, figure it out, or... Just, well, well, that is a question, but let's get to that later. Okay. Just a reminder of what are our three wishes that we picked. 15 elves. You picked 15 elves. <laughs> Crow got a plus one. <laughs> I got a plus one to strength. Beautiful. And I got a stone that was turned into an ivory statue. Yes. Mm -hmm. A block of ivory. That you carved a into a statue of, yeah. of yourself. That's for correct. contingency. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now at the throne of Abraxas, an island in the middle of the of the Cathirium, the lake in the land of the Black Blood, you were ready to take on your final enemy. First, you had to you help the Charta with their assault on the kind of barracks of the island. Just a quick siege. Just no a quick problem. siege. You made it through. You flew through this stalactite island that was pokey and and just. Almost non-hospitable. I remember right, we did a fire aerial bombing. Yeah, fire aerial <laughs> <Nice>. bombing. <laughs> That's pretty badass. And you made it to another middle of a lake inside of this island in the middle of the lake. <laughs> <laughs> where this the uh, grand temple to Abraxas was. A, a cliff face with huge doors carved into them, adorned with this snake iconography and snake tendrils just being carved into the entire side of the of the face of this cliff. But standing guard on the other side of this huge, magically created bridge was a Glebruzi demon and uh, Vrock demons. They, were, they posed a challenge, but you were able to fight through them, and you entered inside after disabling some traps in the doors, only to find eight priestesses ready, to, ready to blast you. Down this dark hallway, you blasted those priestesses. Absolutely. And then you found, uh, in the next room, a Zacabra demon a creation of Abraxas himself. And this was like a demon, a big snake who was really attuned to just magical energy and was able to, it didn't work, but he usually is able to redirect spells and do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. He was also a challenging fight, but you guys uh, knocked him below a threshold and he fled. Hmm. Through the very next door, you hear the chanting of, of drow in, in abyssal, and you open the doors to find Alevra Azrenae, four drow priestesses, nine drow warriors, and five rocks <laughs> ready for you. <laughs> just just some numbers, some small numbers. Hey guys, an yeah. army, basically. Yeah, and nine hours of battle later, after ups and downs, <sighs> crow sweaty being saved by orc ferocity and teleporting and dimension dooring, uh, Elyon exploding at one point, being down at one point, summoning the uh, Herald of Calistria, uh, and falling at one point, uh, and River, you were fumbling a little bit. Commanding troops, fumbling <laughs> Commanding around. Commanding troops and fumbling. Just Making sure running. that all these lives you put into your hand Did were not. going to make it out <laughs> Absolutely. alive. Absolutely. You yeah. didn't want to go and go I to each of their not, families. Uh, not ready to be the bearer of such <laughs> bad news. A true but captain. Even though, a true captain. Everyone survived. Even though you had those, those fumbles, you had an integral play. Daylight in front of Drow usually blinds them, but lantern lighters at level 13, their daylight spell stuns uh, light blind creatures. By the light Crazy. of this Elyon, knowledge. seeing <laughs> her chance, went and threw two rounds of magic missiles at oh. this uh, Levra Azrenae, who used a villain point to try to stop the second one. Back Took her down. Back from our roots. Dead Levra. destroyed with some of the most basic Dead things. Dead Levra. It. 
and uh, you guys never looted the body. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we did. Come on, <laughs> we sure did. Come on, rude. <laughs> if we, we do, that's um, all right. We looted her whole house down yeah, here. You looted so. everything but her body. There you go. <laughs> but Someone I can, I can tell head. you, I can tell you the stuff, uh, and you can actually have grabbed it. But, that's but we forgot amazing. to talk about it. Again, so. Amazing. Wow. But after you, your enemy was defeated, and their souls uh, snatched from the material plane by Abraxas, you had the the master glyph left. After studying it, you found that it had all the f- previous focus glyphs together, and it spoke this incantation. And you guys are. S- were smarter than me and figured out that this incantation was the true way to figure out the order in which uh, the glyphs needed to be deactivated. It was a riddle. It was a riddle. It was a riddle. And first try, you guys deactivated the focus glyph. You did it smartly. You had your buffs on. You're like, (laughs) we're writing in notebooks. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't an easy, but we took out the quill and ink to be like, okay, breathe death of fire. (laughs) And yeah, after looting the place, except for Elevra, you (laughs) 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 teleported back to Magic Mercurial's magical shop of magic, startling him, having shots (laughs) with him, then going and reporting back to the queen who thanked you graciously, made you all uh, members of her council. In honor that provides, uh, I believe, a thousand gold a month. I think you actually get Ooh. if you if you do eight hours of week of work a week on the council, you get a thousand gold a month or some shit like that. What if I do like the bare minimum? That's that I'm would doing. Be, that'd be eight, eight, eight hours of of convening a week. Hmm. Lots of sending spells <laughs> happening. It's like a Zoom call from home. You're like, I don't have to go in, but I can sending spell all day, baby. All right. As <laughs> long as I can work from, yeah, you, work you, from the can road. Can I work from Riddleport? <laughs> work from horse. Yeah. And, and like, it, you're, you're, tr- you, you're kind of, you're probably like accepted roles kind of as ambassadorships in different areas since you wanted to travel and stuff like that. So maybe going to Zerta Canaan was part of your work for the elves for a little bit. And a meal stipend. <laughs> How nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they gave you all the as teleport scrolls you needed. As many rations as you need pal <laughs> uh, actually you wouldn't need the scrolls after looting Lever's body and realizing she had boots to teleport on that's awesome are you kidding me <laughs> wow. good thing we did that <laughs> totally did that yeah you wouldn't have had to go I to can't magic materials I can't imagine that night like one of the adventurers laying down and being like a lever shit <laughs> oh my god there's a scroll <laughs> we chased her whip away and forgot about her body right? <laughs> you're like one of us would have been laying there that night and been like <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even look at her. <laughs> didn't even look. Uh, and you guys had a week of celebrations in Ayadara, feasts, parades, the resurrection of Pete Thresh as an elf. Uh, Beautiful. Send you all, uh, and spa time. And you all went on your ways. We learned a little bit about what happens to our, our group yeah. in previous and future months. And we learned that there was a little, uh, little hook at the end that was thrown. Maybe... Maybe, uh, maybe maybe our group might get together to see if they can deal with Tree Razor in the future. Who knows? Could I sure mean, be an idea. I saw this mighty fine, like full painted mini for sale of Tree Razor <laughs> at my game shop. Hey. So what? He it was is yeah. Large. He's like a foot tall and he's it's big. big. Whoa! <laughs> Crazy. Damn, the four of us taking down Tree Razor. And if that's to scale with our miniatures, it's like yeah. wow. That's like, like one 
320th of us. <laughs> or it's like 320 of us. It's huge. We're dealing with like a real demon. Yeah. Like a this, real, a, real demon. A demon lord. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, or well he's probably like stomping the planes, right? Like, wait, he lives in a tree, am I correct? Yeah, his palace so, is this what? gigantic bulbous <laughs> If he's that tree big thing. and he lives inside a tree, we would end up in looking for him in a tree, I would assume. Terrifying. Yeah. And that's terrifying. <laughs> and River also created a Targaryen dynasty. That's not, it was a uh, <laughs> Celtile dynasty. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything Anything you guys want, did I miss anything? Uh, no, oh, I, I do want to say Time? thank you, Allard, for both the recap and running it. Can we get a round yeah, of applause? That was all top of my head. No notes. No, no notes. Thank you. Thank very you. good, very good. Wow, yeah, beautiful. It's been a long adventure. Whew. That is a Three years of plan. Hot damn. Well, I think from there, I just want to jump right into some to questions. It. Let's do it. Question time. Wow. <laughs> 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 All right. This is very serious. So <laughs> It's very for, serious. Um, well, first, can you tell us what else I'll ever had on her? Mm. And I'll probably have to. If you give me my too. computer back. <laughs> Okay, first things first. <laughs> At first, I was like, who's that from? I was like, oh, wait, that's... <laughs> All right, I know that she Someone had the boots there, like, of teleport. She had... Boots of teleport. Nice. Uh, I, I gave her a helm of telepathy. That was cool. That's why, okay, all of oh, her people sweet. were doing what she wanted without her saying shit. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, then the other stuff. I know I, I, like, gave her a plus five magical armor that had, like... Moderate fortification. I need that. Uh, that fortification helped her out. Yep. Oh, negating a crit from Crow. Can you imagine having so a... So, man. That, was wanna, that my double nat 20? Yeah, your double nat 20 uh, negated. I Ouch. heavily want that helmet of telepathy. Can you imagine the captain of an army with telepathy? It'd be exactly like what happened there. Like, you don't even have to give yeah. commands aloud. It's, and if like, you, it's boom, the, the one on her, on her picture, so it's got like so these, these two blades horns. coming out as oh, like God. horns on the top. Blade Maybe horns. you can modify it. Yeah, yeah I'll shave those Reskin it. Yeah. I'll shave off the horns, just like oh, the shame I've held my whole life. Okay. All right. So she had this plus five elf bane dancing uh, whip that was an intelligent Ooh, item. Elf bane. Glad it didn't uh, come at she me. Cr- this was her greatest creation. Uh, she used the soul of the previous matron of House Azrene to create it. And uh, yeah, it was basically Whoa. a living whip. That, Does that mean well, she murdered the previous yeah. matron? Okay. Yeah. In that in that scene that I that Elyon yes. saw. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. It all makes sense. She is the blade now. See, uh, the plus five heavy fortification. Oh, that she had a have. It was supposed to be seventy five percent. I was like, where is the seventy five percent coming from? Uh, the she has a plus five heavy fortification heavy shield. So that means the crit was a 75% uh, fail chance. Wow. Her armor was a plus five improved fire resistance, moderate fortification, spell dodging, knockwool, agile breastplate. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> How many adjectives can we get? <laughs> yep. That costed 155,000 GP. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But she created it, so it was only half. <laughs> Yeah, using a little bit of the knock wool. I'm impressed. I want to congratulate yeah. her on yeah, making no that kidding. armor. <laughs> it's yeah. ours now. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm going to put it on a wall, you stupid. <laughs> We're rich, baby. <laughs> Each and of us she, can take a piece of it and we'll be rich. <laughs> she had a belt of giant strength plus six, uh, boots of teleportation, helm of telepathy, uh, a dusty rose prism ion stone, 
a green pale prism ion stone, and a ring of protection plus five. Wow. And then uh, it's on a different page, but like she had a bunch of consumables and stuff too. Yeah, of course. Crazy. Of course she did. That's yeah. like we kept all the of, pressure on enough. That just her gear is worth more than all the other stuff we got right. by far. Yep. <laughs> yeah, her gear is probably minus half a million. Ju- minus just describing a room with piles of gold. Like that's also <laughs> very a mill. I that's a I, lot. I when dare you say, say piles of gold. She wearing millions. Not quite, but pretty expensive. Damn, impressive. She in the six digits on clothing at least. Yeah, I mean, she got to raid the Azrene vaults, and she's uh, a bunch of her feats were put up, were directed towards uh, crafting shit and like she old ritual stuff. Got collector time. Not only building an empire, but also just I, generally building the collection yeah. stuff. Yeah, she had that liar of building. Oh yeah, she's, she used that to like get make the the tunnels that you guys walked to actually get here. Wow, stuff like that. Cool, impressive. Awesome. Like some of them. The first listener question that we're going to start with comes from Tilda. Nice. Tilda. And um, before we get into questions, I would like to just say thank you to, uh, and I had a great time at our final listening party. Yes, thanks yes. everyone showed up. Yes. Thanks to Hell everybody yeah. in general. That it was, was awesome. A re- it was a really good way to wrap up the adventure. Mm-hmm. Just nice. Made my heart warm. Sharing our feelings um, with all you lovely people. Mm-hmm. So thanks again. Rooting us on live was fun too. It was like, nice too because it was the first one we had done. So now that was like a test run to actually open that floodgate. Maybe that'll be you know yeah. easier to do down the line for even like crisis alerts and things like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. But was, now we know how to do it. It worked fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's super fun when like I know that there's like a big moment coming up and listeners don't. It's like yeah. oh they reacted to one thing and I'm like I have a gift for this right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Being ready with gift wars. The gifts help animate it for sure. It was awesome. So yes, thank everyone at the listening party. Hell yeah. Question from Tilda. Which book would you say was your favorite or had your favorite moment? Hmm. Who'd like to go first? Anyone have one Hmm. right at the top of their head? I will say that I think so like my favorite encounter of the book of of the whole thing, I think was in book two with that rolling tower fight, just because I was kind of fun and different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think my favorite overall book was book one because I just had so much more time to just and like uh, soak myself in in Riddleport and everything. Like I had, we recorded that book first, so like I was just focusing on Riddleport for a really long time and then editing it all before recording it. So like that is very much cemented in in my head, and I feel like it had a nice overall arc within the whole thing, like starting at the Golden Goblin, ending at the Golden Goblin, but it's burned down now. Yeah, like that's a great arc in itself for sure. I think I would go with book three being the Drake fight. Oh, sorry. The uh, (laughs) book three being like the Drake fight and then the uh, Selwynvian area there. I really liked like inner city siege type fighting where it's like there's battles around every corner. What's in this like person and your above grounds was a little less daunting to me but it was like yeah it was a nice level of like mid magic levels where no one's really like throwing out you know rays of death or anything but yeah. it's just like you get some fireballs going and that's like a game changer and yeah. i like that book three is where i've like it's really nice felt your guys power pop up and i had to start like making things harder <laughs> yeah we got into like real just back-to-back combat situations where you're like i'm running out of spells like we have to sleep that type of stuff i like that i think i might have tried to like in if I ever had to do it again, I would like create a kind of system for like moving throughout the city a little bit more concisely, yeah. more structured. So, because I was I was just like 
rolling a random encounter every time you moved, basically. Mm-hmm. Sure. And a lot of times, uh, the percentile missed, and there's maybe like figuring out more key, uh, maybe think figuring out a few more key random encounters that actually kind of played into things and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or maybe like a subsystem that's more like. Um, a little bit more hand wavy about a, a, a regular encounter that's not too crazy, uh, where it's I don't know, more more soldier battle over overhead kind of stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But anyway, more combat focused and control of troop, but not troops. Just like your party that way. I like that. Uh, this is a, this is a tough question. I like this question. I think when do we go underground? Is that book five? Four. Four. Yes. I really liked book four. I think going underground was kind of uh, just like a hard left in the adventure. And it was just getting to like experience that part of the world was super interesting. Culture yeah. shock part two. I really liked Zerny Canaan too. <laughs> yeah. I liked, yeah. I liked to have the idea of having a big orc go undercover as a drow. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of kind of like a back to book one type feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what I was oh, totally yeah. back to introduce your city, get familiar with your surroundings, that type of thing. And book one is just such a classic. The start so of the good. adventure. No one can say book one ain't their favorite. <laughs> and the tower fight was super cool. Got to shout out that moment. Obviously, Obviously the BBEG, crazy. Yeah. That was a good it's fight a too. Question. Because in the boss fight of book two is the only one I made it three D elements for a map. So that was extra. That was kind of extra. Oh, yeah. That was true. True. My answer is uh, a little pretty similar to your guys, but a bit of a blend. The best encounter, Rolling Tower. Mm -hmm. That was was really cool. Such a good encounter. I want to say Zerna Kanan book four was my favorite just because I love that setting. Mm -hmm. But some of the pacing was a little off for me. I feel that. Um, Like the chores were interesting, but it was just. Yeah, they got old fast. I wasn't as immersed in some of that. Um, so setting of book four, mm. favorite setting. But mm. I think overall, book three was my favorite. Okay. Um, I'm tempted to say book five, too, because I liked the location hopping. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun and interesting. Yeah. But as far as like a good pace where we saw really like interesting situations, because um, you'd have like, I don't know, like every single encounter was different, but it was constant fighting, which was fun. Yeah, yeah. So, I like that. Yeah, book th- book three was my favorite. Agreed. Oh, yeah. You guys like city seizures, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and a little uh, bit chaotic a little bit. <laughs> and a uh, tag on to that question is, also, would you have liked to do more side stuff in this adventure? Hmm. I'll say right away, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a really hard time disconnecting the whole, the world is ending and we need to stop it as fast as possible. And yeah. that this is a game. It would have to be like us, like a, a character forced kind of decision to like something bad happened and you have to deal with it in kind of a side quest yeah. situation. I think, yeah. yeah, I agree. And I would have to add that I, as a player would like, like I like would, if I'm an indulgent side quest, I have to know that the side quests aren't taking away from main story timeline. Like if that makes sense, like if they're yeah. not take, ticking away from the world ending clock and you're like, oh no, you have the time to do this and do that guaranteed like that would be great to know rather than like this could take you a week and when is it gonna fall who knows (laughs) that type of thing makes it like well then i don't want to do a side quest for sure but yeah i think side quests would have been great especially maybe in place of like you said with chores or something like if there was 
more side quest time down underground, that would have been the best place because I think we did a decent amount of side quests, obviously in Riddleport. Yeah. Um, and then like book two was a little more straightforward. We had a mission, but there was still side things. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I think when we went underground, we're like mission focused, you know what I mean? So that's when I think the side quest would have been most beneficial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Feel that. I wish, so there were three books that I didn't get to do kind of the optional adventure within them. There's mm-hmm. always like this kind of, I always want to say set piece, but it's just like a set piece, it's a set piece encounter uh, that Some is kind of too. like, a, it's basically a side quest, an optional side quest for every book. And they, they stopped do, doing these once they started publishing under their own name, I think. So the like, book two, there was a ship fight that we didn't do. Oh, uh, because cool. I was gonna do it on the way Would back, but you guys were fucked. So yeah. Crow was blind, so I was like, "All right, we're not gonna do it." <laughs> Everyone's I, sad I for tried my to ship foreshadow it a bunch yeah. of stuff, and like it, so we just let it go. Uh, book, book four, no, book. You did the so in book one, it was the uh, the. Uh, Cathedral, uh, right? Uh, yeah, the church fight with yeah. with Nakmar that I kind of skinned over to be a Nakmar thing. Uh, in book three, it was uh, your little quest with uh, with Briggs. That that whole place was a, a side quest, written out adventure. Um, book four, it was the Morlocks. I used that that set piece as a way to kind of like shoot you guys into House of Anarch. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, that whole Morlock area. Actually, yeah, the Silver Hand and the Darrow thing underground were side quests. Like, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, those are little side things. Those yeah. are nice. Uh, yeah, the Donnie, Donnie was my homebrew element of that book. And then uh, book five, there was a... I like had Elyon see it at one point. There was like a mountain that had its top cut off. Yeah. And there was like a cult in there. Oh, okay. And then in, I just knew I uh, no no ambition to go near that yeah, at all. It was like, like we uh, can't go over there. <laughs> it was like how where do you ever run into this? You guys are hopping all over and just trying a mountain to teleport. Sieging really quick, so. Mission, yeah, no way. Um, <laughs> so, okay. It might be a good good thing to just like have the back pocket as like a, a something to skin into anything basically. Hmm. Um, and then in book six, you were almost sent on the wild goose chase, but you saw through <laughs> that girl's disguise who was who was being Haitian Bach. Uh, there in the where the Moldering Emperor was, uh, in the what was their forest region called? Whatever in the, the like fungus forest area, uh-huh. there was the a fetid palace the fetid, or something. Yeah, the fetid palace was his palace within the yeah whatever. Hmm. Um, the hanging hanging forest. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Nice. So there was a, an especially big fungus hanging from the city. Oh yeah, uh, or from the ceiling. So like you would enter, it's kind of like a reverse tower basically, but you'd no. still start. You'd start at the at the tip oh, of it as, yeah. and you climb your way up in inside of it. Crazy and stuff in there. No, no. <laughs> Glad we didn't do that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it was cool. Hmm. This brings me to a fun idea. We can cut this part out because this is just a proposal. The you know the way Marvel does what ifs. Mm-hmm. We, should, we should just run these characters <laughs> through what ifs for of all those side things we haven't done. That would be hilarious side content. I would Whoa, be like, and what if they did it? Dane's <laughs> here and he's an uh, a dwarf. <laughs> no, no, I know run the characters who would be there, but yeah, just be like, what if? Yeah, those characters. What if? That'd be cool. Anyways, yeah, good, good question from Tilda. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- so this question comes from Dare Bear. Players, oh, yeah. what's one situation throughout that you wish you had played out differently? Hmm. So, Eli, like Kyle, that. either of you have a thought? What's one situation that you wish you had played differently? That's a tough one. I, I already know 
I yeah, I know. Um, I think it would have been a little more fun. I played it just enough to like show everyone where River's mind was before like meeting this party and getting that big change. But even I think I did it so smoothly and like she adjusted so quickly that like I think I could have played up like in honestly her racism you know what i mean <laughs> but i think we did like just enough to show that like she wasn't a fan of drow before but like there could have been a really fun a really fun thing to like having someone that was more bullheaded like be like no i seriously hate them but like she was so quick to change yeah, so that's just one thing ingrained and like in what you'd been yeah that way it was like more think. of a big deal when you're like wow she just saved his life or something like that you know what i mean like but is that it was like pretty quick to be like fine i'll you know mm -hmm. i'll see the error of my ways and like that was nice, but also like, yeah, I didn't. I just didn't like playing that person or like wanting to do it. But it would have been interesting and could have played differently. Yeah, you'd have had a hard time in Zerna Canaan. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just everywhere I yeah. look, just hate, hate, hate. Which I mean, I had it anyway. I yeah. tried to play it in Zerna Canaan. I was like, and fuck that guy. And you're proving my point. And you're. <laughs> yep. No kidding. The torture and the yep. robbery doesn't help. You're trying to get, put a tail on me, getting cut open like a butterfly. I was yeah. like, you're not helping the point. <laughs> if it was Dane, it would have been like, ah, oh, this is kind of like Riddleboard, but right. River didn't, like, didn't have uh, that. <laughs> yeah, it was just a horrible, horrible time for her. Um, I think for Crow, it would go all the way back to book one. Mm. Um, just acting out of emotion when <laughs> his when he uh, learned about his mom. I feel like it was kind of... I played it as the character would have played it, but I think it would have been smarter to maybe huddle together think of a plan and then see how that battle would have went rather oh, than yeah. it just becoming a scene of gross <laughs> mom just getting just tortured a DM took and, over scene yeah, in <laughs> front of, so I, as like a player I think I wish I would have maybe had more control over that situation rather than just yeah, like, like handing Allard the keys go tell Dane and his gang goons and Elyon and her magic and maybe that would have went differently <laughs> but we were I mean but to the story we were still so new to each other that it I I feel like I played it as the character would have played it but it would have been interesting to see how like a first try like bond forming like fight it could have been and how funny it would have been to see our low level asses just get wiped up too but maybe your mom wouldn't have you know <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's a one we probably would have sure. got wiped out but <laughs> yeah it was uh you guys were i think you were you probably weren't level two by that point yeah, yeah. right like well, we're in that first second level oof it's been a little more difficult <laughs> <laughs> coming in there hitting ones and twos on damage yeah. <laughs> throw out a d4 yeah. magic missile Ooh, ah! d4 plus one let's but go maybe if you went quick enough it wouldn't have given me enough time to like add in that grotus kind grotus. of evil cleric slant to it yeah <laughs> yeah and we well, maybe there wouldn't have been old man pidge uh with geezer the, pidge geezer pidge geezer pidge oh the old man the and blind his man <laughs> that you left alone in a temple with a bunch of Dead, dead bodies <laughs> of his family too was down sure there like did. one of his family members is that a knee nephew he was just in charge yeah Nakbar I said was his nephew oh, okay yeah. was taking advantage of him <laughs> yeah uh, like sorry yeah. but yeah the old man who just lived for taking care of his pigeons now he's just gonna have to stumble his way over bodies to figure out what's going on I wonder Poor geezer. I wonder what he's been doing <laughs> <laughs> the return of geezer pidge <laughs> How about you, Elliot? Find out. What part two. You, what could you do differently? Ice geezer pitch. <laughs> um, I have a. Um, uh, I have a couple. It's 
I wish I had spent more time um, and addressed in the final episode, but Sam, after she went away, that mm. was kind of always like nagging at the back of my mind. What's, what's going on with her? Same. Is she okay? That felt like a lead we couldn't pursue, and that it was like, oh, it just burns in the back. Yeah. Like, it'd, yeah. It'd be such a waste of our time to go pursue that lead, but like, I'm glad it came back with the Kionan era, but... Yeah, right there it was definitely just, oh my god, a scratch that you couldn't itch. <laughs> I think there was a general feeling that she was safe, but yeah. uh, I, I still was like, I don't know. I was like, she's not dying, but she's definitely being used or something, so it just felt bad being like, I know she's in an abusive home right now. <laughs> Let's just say she's in the control of Elias. Right. Mm. And a uh, quick second one is I wish I had sp- taken more risks in Xerna Kanan. Mm-hmm. I was generally so worried about getting caught or blowing our cover, I would have explored more. But again, that's kind of like Elyon's on her way back. Mm -hmm. I actually want to add to mine too, because yeah, I think one thing that would have been great uh, in hindsight is I think I would have spent more time in cutscenes like around campfires at night or something to like do more team bonding, like because with Rivers' like whole backstory of like living with soldiers her whole life, like the campfire slash barracks life is a huge part, and I'm surprised that like. I didn't do more scenes about like going around and like talking armor, talking weapons. Like we did a few like, yeah, let's play with the bows. Let's do, you know, whatever. I'd fight with Kaya here and there, but like a little more of those scenes, I think would have rounded it out more too. like show okay. you more insight and also like tie it back to being like, what do military people do at night? Like, yeah. Well. The best thing we can do is just say that did happen. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> happened. <There you> go. <laughs> it definitely happened. I think that's player development more yeah, than for char- sure. a yeah. character thing. That's yep. just we're all going to get better at playing characters and getting into their heads. And yep. And there we'll was just, just like a thing. Do those more. I think there was like a thing where we slept almost like when we covered our sleep times, we were almost always like on the verge of something bad or like dying or like. That's when you need to take the sleep. So it was like, okay, we need to sleep and get healed. And so we deal all of the math stuff and be like, okay, thank God. And then just like kind of forgot about like, yeah. oh, do they banter? It's like, I don't know. And yeah. after book one, things just kind of happen very quickly. So fast that you're just you like, you guys definitely felt a, a, like a sense of, of timing. Uh-huh. Urgency, yeah. Urgency. I think if the mission itself didn't have a weird like hanging, looming time limit and it was more like go slay a dragon type of mission, there would have been a lot more of that. Probably yeah. just safe to say. Fair. So that actually leads me to a question from Eric, which is, um, so shouts out. (laughs) Did the players feel like you were pushed to try to save the world before a certain time? Impending doom style? Definitely. hundred percent doom style. I can definitely say yes. A hundred percent. I would say like book three. Maybe even book two and on. Having to deal with an eight-hour sleeper made it feel like a <laughs> Well, you know, I but can't it, help it that. It was that type of clock in my head where it's like, man, okay, I only need four and I can be back and running. You know what I mean? Like a point to be on my character, long strider. I grounded you. of haste and everything was like river moves fast. And it was like, <laughs> slow it down. We have a normal. No, but uh, yeah. Me. It was It was that type of impending doom where it's like, if I could just take off and run and everyone like kept up, like that would have been how I moved the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, but yeah, but in reality, it would it would have given you all the time you needed to do anything. Right, obviously, up until <laughs> the last book, then there are things that you could you would have done that hastened the end. Uh huh. Like if you would have every time you would have left the land of black blood, you would have gotten like a doomsday counter and would have progressed closer to a lever of finishing the spell. Mm-hmm. But you guys did everything actually pretty fucking well. So 
and we started moving swiftly. <laughs> we took some time too to ourselves. We went to the spa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we sure did. We yeah. took some. We took some, some time days. to shop and whatnot. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Shopping all go, go, go. montage are my favorite. <laughs> uh, continuation of that question, Mr. GM. How do you feel about instilling the drive to stop this cataclysmic event? How do I feel about it? Yeah. Hmm. What were your impressions? Do you feel like? You are you happy with the speed that we went at? Do you feel like you intentionally pushed us along? I think that I think that I feel I feel that I tried to make you feel the a sense of kind of impending doom and in that in that thinking I think it was is I did it successfully. I I think for the podcast aspect of it, it's better to kind of like keep the keep this train moving. But uh, if it was kind of more just off podcast just stuff, it would have been uh, more lax to open and open for those thresholds. And I might have, I might have uh, expanded on side pieces a little bit more after book one or two. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I think book one with like even with the time we focused on relationships and stuff in book one, it was like there was like flirting at bars and stuff like that, right? And there was never, there was never uh, like a flirty, well, not a never, but we like started doing it less as the impending doom went up. You know what I mean? Being like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you and Escarvalla flirt. Whereas yeah. like right when there was meeting, <laughs> it was like pillow talk. It was like, there was like a lot of coverage, you know what I mean? And then as it goes on, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do your, <laughs> you do your thing together every yeah, night. Yeah, we you get know? it, we get it. <laughs> yeah. She spanks you with her teeth or something. I don't know. Continue on. <laughs> oh, 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 we got to try that out. Yeah, I think for the purposes, everything, I, I feel good about how you received the kind of cue that the world could very well be in danger and you don't know and you don't know when it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But there's definitely, there could have been room to kind of explore other avenues and it would have been fine. Nice. But it wasn't, it would have been more like if you, if one of you guys decided to do it, it would have been something like, okay, I'll focus on this for a little bit now. Whereas I wasn't just kind of like about to think of a whole new Little side quest to do. Things that might side quest us. Yeah. yeah. I was pretty focused on the side quest hooks we might not want to do. Getting everything yeah. polished and stuff here. Oh, okay. if there's a side quest going forward, I'll bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's a good answer. I, th- I thought the pacing was good. I yeah. enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Pressure is on. Yeah. Stakes were high. Good incentive and freedom to do what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Edge of your seat story. Edge of your seat, sir. Okay. Well, my seat right now. <laughs> this question comes from Sir Newt. So, hello, Newt. Players, what were your most satisfying kills? Ooh. Uh, I'll start. Alevra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. With magic missiles. You felt good. <laughs> Shout out to moment. level one. <laughs> Empowered magic missiles. So they were what level four instead of level one. Uh, level three. Level three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I'll also add to that just um, any general electricity kills where I would scorch like eight things at a time. Chain kills. Oh, yeah. It felt pretty good. I think that realizing in that last fight that weird little like 
reflexive area where I was surrounded by people and I did like a clearing out shot there. Like if I remember right, it took three in that one round or something like that. They were all pretty damaged. Mm, it was that was a uh, a mistake that we did and oh, then we you're had right. to go back. You're right. That well, <laughs> to be fair, that was my favorite thing I've ever done in this game. <laughs> Damn. So uh, ever? Yeah. Easily. You took that out one of the best You took things. out elves so much. Uh, yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was one of the coolest things to ever happen. Um, <laughs> and it never happened. And it never happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one hurt. <laughs> but uh, no, um, yeah, I don't remember any like big people I killed personally. I think I was just a murder hound for Drow. So I don't really, I don't. It just Drow killings was anytime that the numbers were like a hundred and fifty or something. There was just a shit eating grin on my face. So those kills were the best. Yeah, top of, <laughs> on, on top of the tower at the Blood Forge when you're just sniping. Yep, that type yeah, of position cool. as well. I don't remember what I did during that Pain Eater fight, but I do remember that fight being awesome. For yeah, that. you might have been the one to kill that guy. I don't know, but I remember being like, haha, he's focused on Crow right now and just plucking this dude out, but yeah. I don't remember. So you went and almost killed Crow, and then he went yeah. and ran at you, and I think you killed him before he got to you. Yeah, I remember that fight or being he died cool. died somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Crow? My most satisfying kill was Lixie. Oh, <laughs> oh, <damn it>. oh. <laughs> well, that's bam, one of the questions. Uh, what was <laughs> your favorite NPC kill? Kind of different, but yeah, it had to be Lixie. The crow. What, what was your Quavo favorite was, kill? Quavo yeah. was fun, but it definitely had, had, to, it had to be had Lixie. To be Lixie. <laughs> yeah, it Lixie had the most emotional pull. Yeah. It had the most repercussions that you could ask for as a GM. You're like, oh, mm. that took a person out. <laughs> Did you have a favorite kill with Esky? Um. She didn't really do a whole lot of damage. No, she. Uh, yeah. It was she helped. <laughs> it was it was fun, uh, just kind of using her powers in in little ways uh, when she was in Zernikanen and just kind of exploring Zernikanen kind of through her eyes a little bit was was fun. Someone who feels free to walk the streets yeah. and not <laughs> free to walk the streets. <laughs> like we're get jumped every corner. Free to invent pornography. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, she uh, did start a version of it. Yeah, she did start <laughs> um, filming she, porn. <laughs> but more importantly, she created a whole new like type of media in Galarian. Magic nudes. <laughs> yeah, a scry a scry video video scries. That's so cool. Very <laughs> impressive. She's gonna go places. She's a businesswoman. She's a thinker and a drinker. <laughs> Crow. Uh, wow, we're we're going all over the place right now. Um, I think, I think I decap, I, I almost decapitated a Hezru demon, I want to say. I don't know if I actually got the decapitate there had on to him, have been but a good decapitate for sure. You, I mean, you got the decapitate off once, right? Like I, the I, spell? I think it was uh, one of the Hezru demons, yeah. Like, any kill where, like, that happens or, like, I crit to kill, those are always super fun. But I think, as a player, the most satisfying kill was probably... Uh, Depora, just right. because I think that, like, book one, we had like fights, but it was like, you know, these like town folk or like, you a know, bug, this, this lizard, crime boss uh, here or like these fish. cockroaches here. But then when we finally get to this drow controlling the cypher gate and we kill her, I think that really started like this oh shit, like, we got other powers to worry about here. Yeah, mm -hmm. you swiped her down on top of the cypher gate. Oh yeah, dude. A dramatic place to fight, so a great Very fight. Dramatic. I, I had to work so hard to get her up there. You guys kept knocking her off the wall. 
<laughs> I think Stop that yeah. crawling. <laughs> that one was just such like such a paradigm shift for the story. So I love that one. Yeah, and then it never really made sense that there was just like a hut with a trap door to this secret lair right at the bottom of the cipher gate. But whatever, it was written. That you know, way. it's there. <laughs> it was kind of in the it was edge, never of, found. edge of kind of <laughs> the town a little bit. In a town of, of adventurers and pirates, they never found. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But it was only like that for. I guess a few months. Yeah. All right. I have a couple more questions here, right. and then we have a few speed run questions. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to turn it over to a couple of individual player-specific questions. All right. Let's, let's go. go. So this one is, uh, what would you have wished for if you actually thought the wish through? Mentioned earlier. Does they, anyone have any other thoughts? I did give them a week to think about it. Yeah. I... I um, Elyon, I specifically, you know, I'm happy with my wish. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a plan that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I could, by the rules, make it happen is if I got that wish. And I didn't really want to, we've gone this far, I don't want to cheat at the end. So right. yeah, I still would have wished for that statue because I was happy with my plan. Mm -hmm. I was, thought it was, it was fun sick. and cool. It was sick. <laughs> I did, as a player, really like my choice for River really wanted to run as a captain of troops so like having something to like control and be under their command was like exactly what i wanted and especially in the sense that like for the most part kaya <laughs> i didn't use so having yeah. someone to like command around uh, was nice but i think maybe it would have been some form of like uh, it's a magical buff i just don't know whether it would have been just to my bow like a permanent type of thing on like my bow or something you know where it'd be like permanent gravity bow permanent bane things that it has on it but do something like i don't know a permanent another spell on it or just something that was more towards like putting some form of shield of plus five ac on my armor or something you know something that was a buff i think would have been my choice just a magic right. buff sure that'd be cool too curl see i went for the magic buff absolutely <laughs> and i'm sitting here kind of thinking i think it would have been cool I'm almost wishing I would have went your route of like summons. <laughs> yeah, just something that maybe like with with personnel that affects the story, like wishing for a troop or wishing for like someone to come back. Like I kind of I don't know if this would have worked, but I kind of wish I would have brought Quava back. Mm -hmm. I don't like know a if it would have worked that sort. way, but yeah, it would, technically you need two wishes to bring somebody back because you have to bring their soul back and you have to create a body. But And that was, we did debate it a yeah. little bit. We did, we did. It was hard to, uh, one of us would have, you know, I don't know, the, with the wishes and someone would have had to give it up and I Very wasn't nice. going to give up my ivory statue for Quava. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying Poor is Quavs. I feel like a plus, just like a plus one to strength was kind of just like the most like bland wish I probably could have chose. So I, I wish I would have maybe just spiced it up a little bit more for the story. Mm -hmm. Even pick something like just pick like a whole new weapon that's yeah. better or something, you know. Yeah, like, a, like, like a, yeah. another spell on my like, falchion. I have a weapon that's Ooh. better than your falchion, you know. Real okay. quick, uh, you guys received a plus two bonus bonus on any stat for uh, defeating that the glyph and then uh, Queen Talandia gave you a tome which par imparts a plus three bonus to any any ability wow. uh, what did you put those points into what would you if you uh, I would have put plus two into my decks mm -hmm. for a little higher AC uh, plus three I haven't thought about as much but I think I would mm, it's hard to say constitution as a wizard yeah plus you have that that you have so much health up. already I mean, maybe I would have gone into charisma just just to push yeah. it, or 
um, intelligence because my charisma was already at 24 with my okay. with everything I had on it. So intelligence might have been a nice way to push that up yeah, without having to worry about it. more skill points too with that. Yes. I and think languages that you never chose. <laughs> you don't I, just learn a language. By putting a point in linguistics, it doesn't make sense. Eliana has a no time to study. She doesn't know 12 languages. It makes no sense. I hate it. Uh, I would probably go with knowing where River is going now. It would go towards something along the lines of like boosting diplomacy. So like, what's that? Charisma. charisma. Yeah, I'd probably end up going charisma because like up until this point has been zero diplomacy. Like, I'm a follower, you know what I mean? So everything was zero, like, on that sense. I couldn't persuade shit. Mm. Um, I think I would go up now in that. I'd almost put all five right into charisma just to be like, I'm a leader now, you know what I mean? I've, yeah. I've done the trial that I think the, the, the leader had to make. So it's like, now verified leader plus five. You got more <laughs> confidence. Yeah, I was like, oh, I could shit. Shit. <laughs> I could shit. Uh, that, that's actually what I was thinking for Crow, just because he had a minus one charisma, and nice. I feel like yep. I feel like getting <laughs> to four. a stage like that, you 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 do become more charismatic as a leader. And, and you said wholly that you want to be a leader. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. So I think Crow probably would have put his plus three into charisma, and then either wisdom or mm -hmm. uh, strength for the it's plus funny two. how none of us went nice. to better fighting. We're like, we're just smarter and cooler now. <laughs> we're smarter and cooler. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. Thank you for answering. Speed run. Um, well, uh, <laughs> this question comes from Dare Bear from the Discord. Hey, Dare Bear. Uh, I'll answer the second part. Is this your first AP? For all of us, yes. This yes. is our first AP. First yep. finish. Correct. All the way through. We did start Rise of the Rune Lords, which I GM'd for a little bit um, before we started this one. But Just we did only some taste testing to see what we liked. Yeah. Yep. Only got <laughs> to the end of book one on that. Um, but how does it feel to finish an AP? Very good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Surreal. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. Insert me screaming at the end of the last episode. Uh, that's how it feels. Um, it yeah. It's it, overwhelming and like heartbreaking and inspiring all at once. You're just like, holy sh It's like finishing the best show, but like the show's ending slapped and didn't disappoint you. <laughs> so good. you're like, you're like, yeah, I finished the show, but also I finished the show and there's my favorite shows done. You know what I mean? It's that same yeah. feeling of like, I finished a three year show. Like what's a show you've watched for three years straight weekly? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it nothing feels, stays, nothing it, stays on weekly. <laughs> you, you, you tell me a show that's been on three years weekly. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to, I knew I would, but it's slowly hitting me more and more. I'm going to miss Elyon. Mm -hmm. For sure. Missing characters is going to be real. Yeah, I am going to miss Crow. <laughs> he, I'm going to miss Elyon and Crow. He's a good mm -hmm. one. Good boy. Right. Um, I think it's, it's like, it is sad. It's even just like all the time we've spent working on this adventure is just so crazy to think back think back on and yeah it's like a super long movie that you're just like no no no, keep going keep going what do you mean credits what do you mean <laughs> i had a friend tell me something that really does fossilize it too it goes you do not have commitment issues you've been in a podcast weekly for three years almost like there's no commitment issues to be found you're like you can do this every week for three years just like so that's also a great yeah. thing to have in your head you're like shit i committed like hell you know it was an accomplishment yeah. to do things consistently mm -hmm. just in itself speed run speed it up speed run part two i'm gonna start uh question with you crow and we'll just go around the table <gasps> what was the most heartbreaking moment of the campaign 
Hmm. Is this for me individually or like the party? Just in my opinion. What is your? Yours. My, what is what is well, it like, to you? What's your opinion? It can it doesn't have to revolve around your arc. My heart most heartbreaking moment was definitely the dogs losing the dogs was <laughs> not cool. Uh, and, not cool, and, man. In hindsight, it was not a good idea to bring them fighting. But I was so excited to have dogs. I didn't think a whale. Why would yeah, I think a whale? whale why would you expect a whale? No one I, sees a whale. Coming. No one sees the whale. I, I didn't see the whale coming, so I would say the dogs, and of course, Lixie as well. <laughs> that was a tough moment all at once. My most heartbreaking part was not killing anybody in the final <laughs> boss fight. <laughs> oh, poor I mean, like trying. Someone went down. <laughs> yeah. I know, but they went dead. <laughs> Eli? Um, I would have to say more even than Lixie's scene would be Dane's leaving scene. That was like the saddest Facts. moment in our whole show. Like that was like tears in the voice, like written out notes. I think that was the saddest thing. And also like, Heartbreaking in a cool way. It there were like, real wow. tears. This is true. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. True. That well, was a joy sad from me. <laughs> Pure joy. <laughs> yeah, Dane leaving and Lixie burial all at once was pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Elyon, it was um, finding out that her, how her parents had died, um, partly because that sucked, but also she didn't think that that past would be coming up at all, mm-hmm. and it just kind of hit her all at once. And also, it was like her dad was kind of missing, so all of it was like. She never felt like she was on such of an such an island. I gotcha. And that all happened like right at such a crucial part of the story too, where Elion's like full focus was clearly at saving the world, but then she gets just there was just hooked with a family arc punch. (laughs) Elion was definitely a punching bag a little bit there, just getting punched Mm -hmm. left and right as we were, you know, because you were definitely like the leader at when we were Drow being the matron. You definitely took Mm kind of lead of the party, and then kind of the leader getting punched like that it's just you hate to see it hate she to see did it. her best to roll with it but it was <laughs> rough Allard what was the most exciting the most exciting moment of the campaign it's probably just k- killing a lever with magic missiles <laughs> either that or the, the the Menetherian heal to contingency combo was probably was probably the most exciting <laughs> that was cool. a pretty riveting that moves. was dope as hell for sure <laughs> I almost yeah want to say when I first saw crows uh, do like that, that was it like some weird death form thing behind him like there's like a shadow oh, yeah. reaper thing or something. Oh like, my um. What that blew my oh, mind my just as a player <laughs> like that yeah. was drag him to hell. That was exciting something. to me. I was like oh. That was cool. Yeah, because he had he had asked Phrasmoth to change his domain. I did. Power. I uh, what I changed it to like damnation or something. Yeah, the damnation inquisition. Um. Let me just find that really quick. Yeah, it was basically a modded phantasmal killer. Yeah, we don't need to find it. So. Yeah, without without killing. What? You don't want to know? I mean, it's long already. <laughs> the speed round. We don't yeah, need to fair. read out the spell. <laughs> fair enough. Elyon's was uh, early on one of the first big moments, the fight on the Cypher Gate. Yeah. Running mm-hmm. up after her and having like a shootout. Riveting. That was yeah. Cool. Yeah, great. just like that vision. The vision of that'll stick in my head for sure. Collector of Souls. Nice, nice. that's what it was called. Cool. And what, did you have a uh, most exciting moment? I think was when we got slapped around by Tamarock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that was pretty exciting. <laughs> no, that was our most embarrassing moment. I would say, I think the tower fight. That's just, yeah. when I think of a scene 
in our show that is just so movie like or that I want to be like animated animated or yeah. it's <laughs> that tower fight that would be so sick cool all right awesome. Eli what was your similar question different flavor what was your favorite moment my favorite moment for sure now that I think about it would be even even though there wasn't I don't think it ever came to fruition really my like being able to speak with nature stuff like coming up that was really cool to get to use and I think I tried like in the fungal forest but it didn't work but um it was just too far away yeah yeah but uh that that type of arc in there was really cool to me I think that was a good uh moment for book six um I feel like it's lackluster but the bigger one would be just the abyssal harvester himself that was a fucking scary thinking fight like just hearing like everything that it could do described out and the way it fought it was definitely just a game changer like oh never seen anything this powerful yeah and i I played that one where it stayed in the abyss and just shot its arms out and then when i was looking on their forums for information on the last glyph i saw that james jacobs wrote yeah that thing's definitely supposed to teleport to the material plane or else like what are you doing oh 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 i was like oh well whoops that's funny (laughs) they didn't write that yeah that's okay we had a good enough time trying to check those tentacles Mm. yeah it was cool as is yeah uh my favorite moment i'm gonna maybe this is cheating but i'm gonna say generally um and it's not cheating. At the Golden Goblin, when we were all like, just started to move in there, and we were all like roommates, mm-hmm. and we were just kind of hanging just out, vibing. Hell it was, yeah. yeah, Crow and Dane, Lixie, Sam, Elyon. We were just Ooh, yeah. you know hanging out, yeah. chilling in our bunk beds. Mm-hmm. Like I that remember in specific the scene where like Dane's mom comes in and slabs him, and like in front of everyone, like if someone's like, Dane, your mom's here, come down here, and then he just slabs me, and like. That seems just so like college. Like, oh, these people are just rooming together. Your mom, <laughs> your mom showed up. Ah, oh, come down here. <laughs> no, uh, my mom's here. <laughs> hide the pesh. Hide the pesh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I definitely want to give a shout out to like Golden Goblin gambling and drinking, mm-hmm. fight pits, and all that good stuff. I want to give a shout out to every time we went to the temple. Yeah, <laughs> temple. <laughs> the, the temple was always a good time. Oh, there's another one I had in Riddleport. Yeah. So many things happened. Uh, maybe the caravans. Did you like yeah. the caravans? The caravan was cool. Yeah, I really liked the caravan times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was fun. Felt like you guys were really on and up and up during that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I knew that things were just going to twist in a couple episodes. <laughs> it, felt, it felt good while it lasted. You knew. So is, it, are, is your favorite moment also in Riddleport? I think that it definitely has some of my favorite moments, but I think one of my favorite moments was in Zernikanen when we were just starting to get to know Escrivala and that whole pillow talk scene. Yeah, yeah that was, that fun. was fun. Oh, uh, that, cool. that was such a like nerve-wracking moment as a player and, yeah. and as a character. Just kind of like, I am in a pickle here now. Let's just test Our your will for a while. could be blown. Yeah, that was just such a like... Clutch, she's with it. <laughs> just like an, It was just like such an uncomfortable moment, but like in a suspenseful way mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, shout out to Riddleport, just vibing out, figuring out who we are. That was good times. Good times. Absolutely. Allard? I'm going to say, like, Moments was definitely in, I think, in that that Star Caravan era. Uh-huh. Those, that string of episodes, because that was, like, the first, I guess it was the second, like, 
homebrew aspect. Like I reskinned a, a, a written encounter, like an optional written encounter for the for the Nakmar stuff. But that was the first time I was just like, let's just throw a whole homebrew party in here and see you. And just like it was a way for me to kind of introduce a, a different flavor of Galarian coming in and kind of use them to foreshadow kind of Starfall yeah, stuff. I like that. I liked the I liked the the carnival scene was fun to put together, and I could tell you had fun with the tarot readings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, really you guys, cool doing uh, like the star visions and the crystal ball and stuff. Yeah, like one of my favorite awesome. decisions was when you were just like, you, Elian was drunk and was like, let's let's go let's go confront the Starstone, the, the Star it. Caravan people. I was yeah. Like, oh, okay. You want to go talk to them? Cool. And then like you going out there and it being patro- patrolled by lions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then they just totally sobered us and like chilled us out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, oh, all right, good night. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, that that uh, Gripley did steal from you. That Gripley did pickpocket <laughs> you. As they do, yeah. We little frog boy. Okay, a couple of questions for players in particular. Right. Um, Allard, what's one thing from the six books that you would steal and use in your own adventure? Hmm. Or uh, the caravan, uh, yeah, but caravan. that was we mine anyway. Yeah. Uh, you already mentioned reskinning the mountain <laughs> yep. cult. Yeah, using the mountain cult. Uh, probably that ship combat too was it was, pro- it was probably just a straightforward ship combat, but it's nice to have like that map and those kind of things. Those numbers already kind of figured out a little bit for you. Sure, it's three point five instead of Pathfinder, but and then the cipher gates. I think would, would be a fun thing to utilize more of. There's a lot just of like, mystery around it. Yeah, them and like their 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 use. Just like let's get to a different location and this kind of stuff. Totally. This one's for Eli. Do you wish you brought Dane through to the end? <sighs> you know, I knew it would come up. Uh, there's a part of me that does, but I truly don't think. Yeah, I don't think it would have played out the way we would have wanted i think there would have been or we i guess i would have wanted uh because of the like slight corruption arc i think there would have been a little more like almost me being a pain in the ass to the party and like some way getting us like into traps and stuff and i don't personally like doing like playing any form of like foil to the party i'm usually much more group hug so like i think having him come through would have been interesting for sure but I like the I like the way it went with having a good and like almost lawful uh player rather than somebody who's been corrupted uh yeah. just was, in nature. It was really nice to have a good PC as like an ambassador into the elven side of the adventure path. Yeah. That was yep. nice. But there, there were a lot a of segue, like alchemical yeah. things that would have been fun for Dane to yeah, find. Yeah, and the like later the books. connections with Abraxas and stuff would have been really cool, especially even if like at that point later in the game Dane had maybe shaken his ties with Abraxas by the time that we come to like a huge temple of Abraxas. Mm-hmm. It would have been interesting to be like, wow, you know, I could have been right here with her or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And uh, it never occurred, but uh, if you would have brought Dane into like Selwynvian, the bow would have, uh, it would have like changed to hide its Abraxas <laughs> iconography. That's from funny. The elves. Cool. <laughs> it's smart <laughs> enough. Yeah, it probably would have started to be an issue in that area. Would be cool. Would have been spookier. 
might have probably would have had to do a side quest about it. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. A few little side stories of what's happening to Dane, (laughs) which now we've done anyway. So, (laughs) which we already got it anyway. We already got a spinoff. Can't get greedy. I can't have a man eat the cake too. Uh, I have one for Crow. How do you Crow, not Kyle? For yeah, Crow. (laughs) (laughs) Question for question for young Kyle. Um, are you happy with playing in Orc and um? How do you feel about uh, being like one of the different races? How, I guess my question, how did it feel to be that like outlying race amongst so many elves and humans in Riddleport? I love that you asked that because it was definitely, I would, I mean, when we were in Riddleport, it wasn't really a thing. You know, there was all sorts of people running around, even orcs uh, with uh, Croat. Yep. But, I mean, basically once we finished with the Devil's Elbow and once Dane stayed and we just were riding off, like, it was such a foreign thing to him. And um, I feel like I tried to, like, come through with that in the RP a little bit, but um, I kind of wanted his arc to to feel like he would get accepted into a society as an outsider. Like, that was kind of the goal the whole time was part of his ambition to go with Quava and Elion on this journey that he knew clearly wasn't really not like not that it wasn't his problem because it was he wanted to save the world as like top priority but it wasn't something that he probably would have been included in if he were if people were just chosen out of a group but he felt very honored to be a part of the journey so it was uh it was a it was an interesting experience but i think it was uh i think it was cool that one of us was kind of an outsider as the story continued so i kind of liked playing that part and i tried to have it come through in the rp for sure you did you did a good job i could have been a way bigger dick to crow but (laughs) that (laughs) wasn't that doesn't always there was a good (laughs) comparison to be made between like if you look at the first scene where crow came into the elven camp with elion and like river led them back and like Remember how River was pretty much like, both of you shut up. Like, you know, you're outsiders here and like Crow especially shut up. You know what I mean? It was like that type of feeling to being the final scene where you're on the council of the elves. You know what I mean? Like such a huge flip. It's such a cool flip of being like was outsider and told to silence at the beginning. Now they're like, please, we need your opinion. (laughs) And it was helpful that you came in already knowing Elvish. True. Yeah, always loves linguistics you know, points. I, I, did, I may, may have done that on purpose. Crow, <laughs> Crow did a little bit of studying on his own. He, That's yeah. the purpose of knowing fourteen languages, Michael. Yeah, so you can infiltrate any place, and they'll know that he you're didn't one of want them. to be embarrassed to to try to try and you know like assimilate into their culture without speaking the language. So I mean, he he was smart about it in, in that. You gave way, it the but, college try of like I'll learn yeah. your language to travel down here, <laughs> and it landed me a seat on the council. Absolutely, yeah. and what helped with Crow, like you said, he was kind of told to shut up, but he also never really did shut up. Right, <laughs> you yeah, were exactly. very much Even yourself, and I think that helped you that. get. Um, you know, they were just like, "This is a person who knows what he's doing." A very respectable orc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, not messing around. I'm here to help, but also don't cross me. You know. Yeah. You stood up for yourself. It's got yeah. the flex in those guns. Mm. Mm, the sun's <laughs> out, guns out, baby. <laughs> so at this point, I'll open it up. If anyone has any dirty laundry they want to air <laughs> or questions for anyone around the table, um, any final thoughts, Ooh, I now's did, your chance. I don't, I don't think I said it in the book five 
uh, Crisis Alert. Uh, the succubus, like when you went to the gate that was corrupted by the Banshee, uh, that corruption was there because that succubus, and she knew about it, that's why she, she suggested the Death Ward scrolls. She was the reason she killed everybody there and was the reason that whole area got infiltrated by Tree Razor's domain. Oh, so she she was bigger. the one who killed the person who later became the Banshee. Whoa. So she's a bigger arc than we think she is. Yeah, yeah she was a... She was deep in Tree Razor's Behind game. the scenes, she was doing some we shit. Knew, we knew she tricked us, yeah, for Good, sure. Good, then we're one step forward with her gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I have, a few que- I have a few questions. They're all more about, like, the experience of the game itself and not, like, particular moments in the game. Cool. Sure. That's cool. Uh, we're, uh, just so you guys know, yeah. we're pushing like an hour and a half. Yeah, okay, forty. Cool. So let's. Yeah, I'll pick. I'll pick some of the better ones here. I got one that I'm gonna skip for sure. Uh, but one that I had that I was really interested in was what was one important moment for you where your perception of the game changed and you got to maybe do something or be something that you never knew was possible. I can start this one off by saying the Briggs homebrew side arc mm-hmm. was a. Uh, it blew my mind and like I'd never thought because it's so rare that you use someone for a small amount of time especially in a podcast setting but like more so just in TTRPGs it was a great way of showing that someone can swing through play a huge impactful role and then like get a a solid arc out of it too in just a couple episodes that we pretty much filmed in one sit right Yeah. for the entirety of the Briggs fight there so uh, seeing Briggs like become this like enlightened spirit at the end that like just stays there now it's like well, yeah, you can just do that when you modify lore, you know what I mean? Like, that homebrew aspect was like, oh, look, I didn't even think something like that was possible. And, of course, it was our homebrew area, but I thought that was a, a moment where I was like, wow, I love this game. Yeah, you can why? just memorialize your friend who's not here to play all, with us all the time as a bard in the town, you yeah. know what I mean? It's so cool. We did a dead cap, a de- uh, de- dread pirate, pirate Roberts. Now, now Briggs is the spirit of creativity instead of the last lady. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the new spirit of creativity. Cheers to Briggs. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I really have an answer to that. Okay. Um, I think it's a good question, but I, th- just the more I played, the more I realized the possibilities mm-hmm. in the game. And also having listened to like a podcast that got into like the very end game of, of books probably helped open your mind to the possibilities beforehand. Yes, yeah, definitely I've listened to a number of different TTRPG podcasts mm-hmm. and seeing the way that they expanded stories with um just, i think like being able to put your own backstory into it um mm-hmm. seeing the ways that you can expand a story you don't have to stick to the ap it's more about like the role playing um and my my perception about the game definitely switched to role playing has become more interesting than fighting a lot of the times as much yep. as i like fighting mm. yeah yeah i heard that was brought up too with uh, kyle did you say that too say something about like along the lines of you ended up liking RP more than you thought. <laughs> yeah, I think you and I were just having a conversation uh-huh. a couple weeks ago, but yeah, I think I didn't expect to get into the podcast as much as I have. Uh-huh. Just and I think the RP and just like once I really realized like oh like this is like a whole world that we're building. Like when I when I took my eyes off of like oh this is a story and I kind of fully understood okay we're building like an entire world like this ecosystem where we have like control over it and that I think that turning point probably like book two or three was when I was like okay this is incredible Mm -hmm. this is less about the math rocks 
than like yeah, you're telling sure. a story. Yeah. yeah, and that's where like I, I think that's where I really tried to focus in on the character arc building and just like the acting of it and the role playing. Um, it really like that really immersed me into just the whole story for sure. Uh huh. Allie, did you got one? Hmm. Pretty good grip on the game before we started, but pretty good. Uh, there are moments where I tried to change people's perceptions of the game, like when when Crow ran headfirst into Nakmar's lair. That was one where I was <laughs> like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure Crow understands that this game is isn't quite what he thinks it is right now. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, Little then, ways of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Briggs, another one where I was just like, why, why can't I do that? Why not? If not, why sure. not? If, yeah. if he says yes at the table, it's going to happen. Um, but I think a lot, a, most of it has come from being a player in other people's games in our community. Is mm-hmm. like, uh, like our GM happy hour friends talking and playing with with them has changed things a lot, and just like uh, played a played a bunch of games that with other people now. Through because of our podcast that has helped me see different sides to to the game itself and how it can be played and like how to just have fun with people and new people and stuff like that. What's one of the newer perceptions of the game that you have as opposed to like your starting one? Um, how to define a perception? Hmm. <laughs> Are you asking me that? <laughs> yes. Uh. Well, you the, you were the one who just said like yeah you. You know, a bunch of different perceptions of the game you're playing. Just like, well, it's hard to it, my. Is, that's me saying like, how do I put into words? What the, was your mindset before on it? What's it now? Like, mindset's do, another I, word. Yeah, I don't know how to describe a mindset mm. in okay. that in that way. Okay. I feel uh, like all of us have slowly developed in a similar attitude, just like a broader understanding of all of how to just generally being a better player at the game yeah especially coming from when i first ran rise of the rune lords for you guys and i've definitely said this before but i think and this is everybody but it was like no interest in like in investigating or finding mysteries or anything it was simply like okay now what now what now mm-hmm. what more yeah. more of a video game style of play okay that's and a, like that's a way to go, a and killing way to mm-hmm. killing things mm-hmm. um and i think we've all just sort of refined yeah i've started yeah I, that's a good way i Yes, yes. Playing, so like playing other people's games has, like, I've played in other people's games way less video gamey than I do in video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I found that I like a lot of the, like, what can come of failure just as much as I like what can come of success in a lot of ways. Uh, and then just like seeing how other people GM and how other people play the, play characters is uh, illuminating. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a good point, and you don't really fail and restart in this game like you would in other games, yeah. or yeah. like quit. It's not really no, try again. No, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you going to do about it? Fail, now what? Yeah, I like that. Rather than fail, restart, it's fail, now what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in that way, you, I don't really look at the game as like, I don't feel like I could fail, or mm-hmm. at the beginning, maybe I did. I very rarely mind a story fail. I've, I mind combat fails very much, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like if it's like... Uh, make a perception check on this book of infinite knowledge and you're like one it's like that's also a hilarious story and just like open up a book like fuck fine now like mm-hmm. that's equally as good of a story arc to me <laughs> going back to the that idea of we're building this world where it's like nope this is the world and that person's gone uh-huh. or like something to a failed knowledge check is hilarious you know it's like a whole party misses a knowledge check 
that's just part of the story now. <laughs> and we could have died to uh, a lever in the end, and yep. possibly we have to deal with the uh, the world after Earthfall. Mm-hmm. Bunch of that repercussions cool. that could have happened. I was hoping that we could explore that world, but it's good that you guys saved the world. And it wouldn't have ended the world. It would have just made the world pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it would have destroyed Keonan. Would have ended some people's worlds. Uh, <laughs> and maybe some neighboring countries quite a bit. But there were, like, different stages <laughs> of failure. Uh, like, once you started getting in, like, deactivating a couple focus glyphs and stuff like that, like, the meteor would maybe hit the wrong spot or it would break apart in the atmosphere and things get bombarded or maybe it would just be enough to, like, catch the forests on fire stuff like that what else we got any any other questions yeah I got one more and then I'm done uh, I'll leave uh, yeah, these ones out okay yeah uh, now that we have finished a six book campaign do you have any new preferences in gameplay high magic low magic RP heavy combat espionage rule heavy rule light etc any new preferences in gameplay mm-hmm. the Elyon's uh uh, chain lightnings made me uh, miss the days in Riddleport where that wasn't a spell yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Back to yeah. the good old days. Uh, but no, I think the doing a lot of like high magic, hard to like comprehend and describe things, uh, made, did make me uh, miss kind of the, the Riddleport scene where things were more concrete to how I can understand a, a society. Yeah. Like I if I would have read more things on different elven societies and stuff like that, it would probably would have been a, a different a different kind of feel for me, but I was I was stretching the limits of my knowledge outside of fantasy or outside of this fantasy uh, when the elven side of things came around. Yeah. It definitely got high fantasy enough that maybe picturing some of the things wasn't as easy or describing things wasn't as easy. I would feel the same way that I now feel like I lean more towards low magic and I played a low magic person. So I was happy with it the whole way through, but, um, I like a low magic world. And I think like, as far as RP heavier, I like more RP. Uh, I love all the espionage style scenes of finding information, going behind people's backs, talking to people. That stuff was great. Uh, and then like even just rule light stuff, like when it's simple things like, you know, not rolling when you don't want the outcomes of a roll, like all those little things where it just like you take some of the math out of it and let the story tell itself. I love that type of play now a lot more than even I thought I would. I thought I would end up liking the high combat a lot more and I don't know, even seeing triple digit damages just didn't tickle my fancy as much as like a good diplomacy check, you know? <laughs> I can vibe with that. Um, I definitely, the espionage stuff is super interesting to me, just like the riddle aspect of it, you know, kind of you gotta find your way through it, a problem, kind of the problem solving of it is definitely something that um, really kept my interest. Mm. Um, I like the high magic. I thought it was cool that I kind of did a hybrid character where, yeah, he was really focused on slapping people around, but he had some spells that definitely came in handy. Uh, high magic was, was fun for me. I might do my next character as like a sorcerer, war priest type of spell caster. Lean into it. Lean into the high magic. I thought it was cool, but... Nice. Yeah, like I said, this... Um, just running this adventure made me like RP a lot more. So, just leaning into the high RP is is uh, definitely what I want to do. The next character in the next being game. extremely magical and high RP sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, 
I definitely, I also like high magic. That's just what I do, no matter what game I play. Mm-hmm. As much as I try to avoid it, I'm always like, first playthrough, it's always magic. Fireballs and lightning. Fireballs and lightning. <laughs> I like big, epic spells, and um, yeah, I think that's a lot of fun. Um, also, I, I couldn't have pictured myself doing something like, um, what is there? Uh, Pathfinder has an AP. You're in like, is it like Count Drac? Like, Oh yeah, what's their uh, carrying crown? Carrying is carrying. Are you crown? thinking of the D and D's curse of Strahd? Curse of Strahd. Maybe there's I I'm trying. There's a particular AP where it's like all mostly espionage. You're like in oh, courts and whatnot. Uh, Hell's rebels. Yeah, the one where you're at the good side of uh, Hell's angel or Hell's rebels and Hell's. It's two. There's a uh, two set. One's good and one's evil. Oh uh, shit! I have the. Verse. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but it's the good version of that where you're doing the yeah. yeah Hell's Regency. Rebels is the Regency one. Hell's nice. Vengeance is the evil one. Okay, that's I could, right. I couldn't have seen myself doing a, a mostly um, a role-playing game before, but now I totally could. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, and then, as far as the rules, I. I want to learn all the rules now. I just feel <laughs> yeah, it, same. it helps me like structure a game by having like very like solid like checks and balances. As much as it's like nice to be able to swap and do, um, obviously like leave things up to it's a game and like okay we're gonna do it different this way. Ruler cool. Ruler cool is definitely fun. Um, yeah, I like the rules. I think it helps keep things structured for me. And mm-hmm. I think knowing the rules helps you like role play and play the game in a way that's not rule bl- rule based because you understand kind of how things are supposed to work and you can either know when it's good to forego them in in moments and know what is possible in moments for you. Mhm. I just yeah, there's I think my, my quarrel with high magic came more or less from like the actual spells themselves and stuff like that and more to like I wouldn't be able to handle like a large spell book and like all of the choices that come from that while trying to stay immersed that's where my like disparity comes from there so it's not even like a hatred of high magic i love when other people are using it and it's happening around me like the idea of me flipping through a spell book like takes me out of it to me Mm -hmm. i I like that because when i was uh magus in in michael's rise of the lord game i was i like made my own spell book that i could flip through and like Mm -hmm. check off the spells that i have prepared and stuff like that i like Mm -hmm. that aspect of it I got very in tune with my spells, so it, it became there were there's obvious spells that like I could just spam this for like half the book, mm-hmm. but having those <laughs> options just gives me a little little variety. Yeah, you could you could end most encounters in two to three chains, chain <laughs> if lightnings you if you have them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it almost became that we could have done it, could have done it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Kyle Aller, do you have any final thoughts? Any other questions, comments? Oh man. I can't. I can't think of anything else at the, off the top of my head. There's probably something, but we've we've exhausted a lot of it already. My final thought is: Is there going to be an epilogue for these characters? Or yeah, we did just, an epilogue. We did a wrap up, but <laughs> a, an epilogue. Epilogue. I think we should do a surprise story <laughs> with these characters in the distant future. Let's. I think we need to revive them at some. You point. said the key word: surprise. Surprise. Yeah. Surprise. Don't tell anybody this. <laughs> if you guys want to try to take down Tree Razor. I always like to see <gasps> familiar know. faces. So we'll, uh, <laughs> bring some characters back. We could think I about don't, it. I don't want to put Crow on the shelf forever. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you'd have to, like, we'd have to get into, like, kind of army rules for a, a good <laughs> portion of it. And, like, 
do troop movements and stuff until you like, get to the final base, and then you're then you guys can as a party go into the final area and stuff. Sounds like you're thinking about it. I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it. You heard it here first. You're mm-hmm. thinking about it. Yeah, don't have much except for obviously the thank you to you all for playing and uh, Allard for running because yeah. fuck, that was a wild time. <laughs> we spent a lot of time around this table in yep. Varicia. It doesn't get said enough. Varicia? Thanks, 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 thanks. Yeah, Varicia. Varicia. Been a good Varicia. time, folks. Yeah, we definitely had a blast playing, and I know this uh, crisis alert went a little long, but we just had so many thoughts to wrap up where we've all got a lot Deserves of our mind. It. This could be four hours for sure. We could. And uh, if I know that if any of us have any final thoughts, we'll be in the Discord chatting up the general because we're not done talking about it. And if yeah. this and talk if, spurred any questions, yeah. If you have any <laughs> last questions, yeah, hop over to our Discord. It'll be below in the notes and um, yeah, feel free to talk it out. Absolutely. I know just from doing our live, uh, our live video, um, live release, it was a bit cathartic to kind of like talk about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so hop over there if you have any final thoughts. Otherwise, much love. Much love thank everybody. you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you everybody. Thank you, thank you. And keep your eyes on the Discord and this channel for future releases because we're not done, folks. Announcements Woo! coming soon. Yeah. Stay tuned. Thank See you, everyone. Ya. Bye. Bye, everyone. Nice. Good job, everybody. (laughs) Very good. That was the real one. The real deal. Oh, wait, we weren't recording. Motherfucker. Damn it. High fives. Uh. Oh, wait, I should have got like this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The the star. That was the final. The ninja star five. Of second darkness. (laughs) Second darkness until tree razor. Is a wrap. Is in the books. Oh, my God. This is my. Now I was playing with uh, the potential of Elyon becoming a drow. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! I wanted to ask you that. Why would I ask you that quick? Because uh, yeah, it's still on here. And you can throw it in somewhere. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You can throw it in at the end of like. I can the... throw it in. Okay. Right, I'm gonna throw my headphones on just yeah. to still be immersed. I'm not on mic. I'm gonna just type. I got stuff to say. It doesn't make noise. Blah, blah, blah. We're blah, 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 bringing it back. Bonus question, question, question. <laughs> no, just kidding. Do your thing. Question for you, Allard. Yes. Um, early on, you kind of hinted, uh, well, Elyon's eyes had slowly unadjusted a little bit to like the light. Mm-hmm. She's having a harder time seeing. And uh, Alevra herself became a draw after doing some evil acts. And there was definitely kind of a balancing of Elyon. Is there a chance, were you ever thinking about the fact that were you ever thinking that Alyon herself would go draw, and how would that have played out? Yes, I was playing around with that idea, especially early when you were kind of like, kind of seeped into the, I guess, like uh, Riddleport's considered like a chaotic evil town, basically, in a lot of ways. So like, uh, 
the path of drow of to get to a drow is you have to do some pretty evil things and like intentionally intentionally destroy things and not not literally destroy things but the sense of of destruction and and evil acts in general so like you had you're you're on the edge of it more in book one and so like i kind of introduced a custom kind of corruption path that i was gonna play with but then you every time i made you like roll a will save to see if it would manifest again you passed it hmm. and uh had no idea and except except one and that was at the end of book book one and that's when i think your eyes adjusted was uh, the tampering with the nocticula tattoo like also kind of drawing darkness in Yes, definitely trying. But then you you stayed a good person. What can I say? You didn't make uh, very many evil decisions. She kind of uh, she had generally good intentions. Yeah, <laughs> she had she has people she cared about on the surface, and it would be hard to for her to forego them. Mm-hmm. And so you stay an elf, a lowly so elf. You stay an elf. <laughs> uh, and would Eski ever turn to an elf? How does this work? There is no precedent of that, but the drow have been kept secret for so long and were never given the opportunity. I mean, I don't know. There's also like the societal thing of, oh, you're good, you're white again. Yeah, I'm that's kind of fucked. It's quite, it's, it's <laughs> if questionable. You bathe them in holy water. <laughs> yeah, we won't open that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to be said about drow and elves. Cut yeah. it, cut it. Yeah, <laughs> rewind, it was, it was risky even again, doing Kyle. this. <laughs> Throw in the rewind sound. Kyle, rewind. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>